Hello, this is Chris Iavana. I am the Client Portfolio Manager here at GWNK, and this is the Q3 Municipal Bond Podcast. First, we're going to touch on what happened in the market. Uh, overall, munis had a solid quarter. Rates fell uh, with a 10-year down 25 basis points to 2.03%. The 30-year was lower by 24 basis points to 3.04%. Shorter maturities were also lower, but not to the extent of the intermediate and long ends. Uh, Thus, the curve underwent a bull flattening. Uh, The quarterly gain was 2.01% for the Barclays 10-year Muni Index, and this was a nice bounce back from the loss we saw in Q2. Uh, As is typical when we see a rate rally, munis underperformed treasuries, and uh, those returned 1.76%. The slowdown in supply over the summer compared to Q2 uh, helped keep munis well bid and mostly insulated from the volatility uh, that we saw taking place in other parts of the market. So helped by treasury outperformance, munity to treasury ratios increased a bit in the quarter, Uh, The 10-year ratio finished at 100%, and the 30-year ratio at 107%. So let's touch on what drove rates lower. Uh, In August, China devalued its currency, the yuan, and that was a move that surprised markets. And the devaluation basically signaled the Chinese government's concern over its growth, and that led investors to worry that the slowdown in China may be deeper than thought, and would affect the rest of the globe. Um, The slowdown has helped fuel the plunge in commodity prices. And all of this is weighed on growth and inflation expectations with outlooks to the downside. Uh, It was only a few months ago that investors thought growth would pick up in the second half, uh, uh, but now estimates are showing that GDP in the U.S. is going to come in at under 2% for both Q3 and Q4. And the Fed's lowered its forecasts in September, and the IMF has also been lowering global growth forecasts. So add to this, uh, you know, the uncertainty of what's been happening at the Fed and around the first rate hike, um, and the Fed did decide to pass on raising rates in December. I'm sorry, in September. And while this surprised some market participants, it really shouldn't have. We were entering a seasonably weak time for risk assets. Uh, Growth worries were mounting, actual inflation numbers and inflation expectations were low, and Fed fund futures were pricing in less than a 50% chance for a September hike. If you put all these ingredients into the soup, uh, what resulted was basically a bifurcated fixed income market where you had safe haven assets doing well and credit-related ones underperforming. Uh, munis obviously being in the former category. So that's the rate side of the market. Uh, Muni performance is also driven by the technicals of its own market. And on the demand side, it's been okay but not great. We're up around $5 billion in net flows year-to-date. And if you uh, look back to 2014, that compares to 21 to $22 billion. Uh, in net flows uh, for the whole year. And if you look back to 2013, which was a negative performance year for municipals, there were $60 billion in outflows. 
But uh, there's been five straight months now of outflows in the muni space, uh, although it hasn't been too sharp and mostly the market has handled them well. Uh, Switching to the supply side, issuance year-to-date up 33% over last year, uh, basically driven by a 61% increase in refundings. New money issuance is only up 4%. And supply was down 28% versus last quarter. And along with the rise in rates, that's the, those were key factors in muni performance for Q3. Credit spreads were basically unchanged. So uh, AAA compared to AA, that narrowed a basis point. AA to, uh, AAA to single A and AAA to triple B both widened a basis point. I'll hit on a couple market headlines. Uh, Puerto Rico and Chicago uh, continue to dominate that space. Uh, Start off with Puerto Rico first. Uh, They issued a five-year economic growth plan, and that included a proposal to restructure $47 billion of its $72 billion of debt. Uh, Recently, the Wall Street Journal reported plans that Puerto Rico and the U.S. Treasury would create a super bond. That would be issued to existing debt holders. There would be a haircut there, and it would be funded by the island's tax revenue and administered by the Treasury. Um, We still believe the the island and its bondholders are going to have uh, many problems uh, to to continue to figure out. We haven't held Puerto Rico bonds for years and basically have been uh, observing the, the carnage from the sidelines. Uh, Regarding Chicago, um, Mayor Rahm Emanuel uh, proposed a massive property tax uh, to help deal with the nation's worst funded local pension system. If you recall, in May, Moody's downgraded the city to BA1, which is a speculative grade rating, after the Illinois Supreme Court struck down state pension reform. Um, and, you know, we believe Chicago is not out of the woods and uh, much more still needs to be done. We don't have any exposure to Chicago GO debt. Let's move on to our strategy, the intermediate portfolio. Um, and I want to go over uh, duration a little bit at first. One of the ways we can adjust duration is by changing the pace of the bonds we sell around the five-year maturity and and buying bonds out longer on the curve. So slowing this uh, sale practice can help allow duration to come in some. And if you keep this in mind, let's also look back to where our strategy has been over the past few months. We started the second quarter with a duration of 5.65 years. Coming into the spring and summer, we expected good technicals in the market. Thus, we pushed duration out a bit further to end Q2 at 5.80 years. And this benefited portfolio performance. Now, as we finished Q3, we let duration come in to 5.70 years, and the decrease is due to the rally in rates and that we slowed down our five-year sales somewhat as the market got more expensive and we saw some curve flattening. As a point of reference, the index right now is 5.83 years in duration. And just to paint a broader picture, knowing the seasonality of uh, the muni market and observing muni treasury ratios, 
understanding the shape of the yield curve, looking at yield levels, those are all just a few factors that we look at to help uh, inform our duration decision. As for our selling near the five-year area of the curve, uh, we've picked up about 100 to 150 basis points in yield by liquidating these bonds and also selling pre-refunded bonds and then buying in the 10-year area of the curve. Um, our, as far as our credit quality is concerned, overall, it's basically in a line where we started the quarter. We've continued our bias against state geos. Um, and we feel that these are overvalued in many cases. Uh, as a reminder, we've determined that a lot of the pension systems are underfunded, and we've been avoiding uh, such states as Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Kansas, Kentucky, New Hampshire. We've also been out of Louisiana geos with the state's uh, energy exposure there, a, a key catalyst. Um, spreads on the bonds have widened since our sales, and, and this really speaks to our credit research and why we're active managers, and it makes sense to be active in the muni space. Uh, in fact, nearly all of our purchases over recent months have been essential, ser uh, essential service uh, revenue bonds. We still have approximately 50% of our bonds in shorter than benchmark maturities, and that should serve as dry powder if we continue, uh, if there's uh, any pressure on, on rates to the upside. Uh, regarding performance, the intermediate strategy outperformed the Barclays 10-year index for the quarter. It's also ahead year-to-date. Uh, for Q3, the main positive contributors were our underweights to New Jersey and Illinois um, as spreads widened in those states. Better call protection was another contributor to performance as rates declined. Uh, as far as a negative, uh, we had an overweight to the five-year area of the curve. That ended up to be a small detractor as that part of the curve lagged in the rate rally. Uh, the the last attractor that I'll mention is our lower yield than the index due to our higher quality bias. And finally, we'll finish up with an outlook. Um, so looking ahead, we, we see supply uh, picking up until we get toward the holidays and, and, and year-end. Uh, demand may continue to be so-so since markets, you know, they've basically been fretting over what the Fed will do and and, and since we're going to need to wait for Q1, uh, where, where we'll get a seasonally strong period of investors uh, putting coupon payments and maturities back to work in the market. But the big picture still exists of uh, two, the two key macro themes. Uh, one, increasing baby boomer retirees needing income. And the second, higher tax rates. Uh, from those, there's what we believe a, a solid backdrop for the asset class. As of October 21st, which was um, not too long ago, muni uh, to treasury ratios were 100% for the 10-year and 107% for the 30-year. Both of those remain above their historical averages. From a return standpoint, the portfolio started the quarter with a yield to worst of 2.11%. Now it's 1.87%. So if you take 1.87 yield to worst uh, and take the taxable equivalent of that using the highest federal tax rate with the Affordable Care Act uh, surcharge, 
you get 3.30%. Add in about 90 basis points and roll uh, that we think we may be able to uh, extract out of the market, and that gets you in that gets you an all-in return of 4.20%. And that concludes the Q3 2015 Municipal Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to speaking with you next quarter.